Where's the manager? Walzer Automotive presents Car Selling Secrets. Welcome to an exciting episode of Car Selling Secrets. I'm Doug Sprinthal with... Andy Brandt Bernard. And Melissa Bernard. Tommy is out moving stuff in the garage. He'll be joining us shortly, but we're going to kick it off right after this exciting announcement. Michael Bryant, Bradshaw and Bryant. So what's the latest? The well, latest is we're representing people who are injured through no fault of their own. Uh, people come to us, we talk to them about what their rights are. We talk to them about things that, you know, adjusters would call them up and ask them about. And we represent people in order to get them justice for the injured. And have been for a long time. Very, very successful, no question. I, I, you know, I do meet a lot of your clients. They come up to me on the street and whatever, and they talk about this, that, or the other thing. And they both say... Why do you guys hang out with Doug Sprinthal? <laughs> and I just had no answer. For <laughs> he just looks away, you big baby. In any case, that's the whole deal. So people, they got any problem whatsoever, personal injury or other legal problems, whatever, they just reach out to Brad, Sean, Bryant. Yeah, Joe and I have both been president of the trial lawyers for the state. So we talk to people about all sorts of issues. The consultation is always free, and that's what we do. Michael Bryant, Brad, Sean, Bryant. <laughs> Just kind of zoning out, listening to myself play the guitar. <laughs> out of body experience. Yeah, that was a fun. That's a outro from a. Robin Trower's song from 1974 called Two Rolling Stoned. Anyway, uh, Tom will be joining us shortly for Car Selling Secrets. We have no in-studio guests. We've got a couple uh, interesting people lined up in the next couple of weeks. Charlie Swenson, who is, and I'm not sure what Charlie's title is. He was COO at one time. I think he's the vice president of sales in Minnesota. Really interesting guy. He'll be in studio next week. And then the following week, the uh, owner, one of the owners of the St. Saint Paul Saints, Mike Veck, who's always an interesting character. If you've never uh, heard uh, Mike, he's he's phenomenally gifted marketer, uh, just a, a genuinely great person. The Saints, obviously, like all other uh, sporting companies, are shut down, but they're doing a lot of work in the community. They're donating a lot of their uh, their advertising that normally they would do to, to smaller companies, and he'll be talking all about that. So let's talk uh, some driving tips. And this is kind of an important one because a lot of us are not driving right now. Um, it's really not good for cars to sit. A couple of things happen. Um, you know, the engine lubrication, uh, it all goes down to the bottom of the oil pan. Uh, brakes, disc brakes tend to rust after a while. So what you should really do, even if you're um, not working or working from home, at this time of the year, just once a week, try to find time to go for a 25 or 30-minute drive. Uh, it's okay if you read the governor's executive order, driving for pleasure is allowed, and it's probably a good idea to get out of the house. But, but it'll do a couple of things for your car by scraping the rust off the uh, brake rotors. It'll keep them from wearing out. Um, you, you know, the first five miles or so, go easy on the brakes. Uh, the brake pads themselves will take the rust off the rotors. But if you hammer them really hard, you can, you can damage the brakes a little bit. Mm -hmm. And you want to go 25 minutes to get the oil up to, 
you know, operating temperature, which I think is, I'm not a mechanic. It's, it's you know, it's 180, 190 degrees or so. That'll get most of the condensation out of the crankcase. It also charges up your battery. Uh, even if you don't drive your car, these modern cars have so many computers on them, there's always a slight drain on the battery. And it's a lot cheaper, especially with gas as inexpensive it is right now, uh, just to drive it once a week. And, it, and it's good for your head to get out of the house. Sarah and I... I bought a. Uh, I got back into motorcycling uh, right before all this stuff hit. I hadn't had a motorcycle in 20 years, and bought this old Yamaha uh, Harley lookalike. Although Harley people just laugh at me for saying that. It's a big V-twin cruiser, and uh, was it when was it 70? Was that Monday? Do you guys remember? Was it Monday or Tuesday? Um, yeah, yeah, one I of those so. two days. Tuesday. Isn't that terrible. I can barely remember what day it is today. But <laughs> we took a nice long ride over to Prescott and down the uh, Wisconsin side of the river, over to Red Wing, mm. ran into a friend of ours who owned a marina. It's really weird to talk to people and stand like six or seven feet away from them, especially yeah. this woman because she's a big hugger. And then up back through uh, Treasure Island and the back way into Hastings and home. It was about 100 miles, and it was just it, – it, it really – it was good, I think, for both of us to get out of the house. And Sarah really appreciated appreciated the fact that she could turn off the intercom and didn't have to listen to me talk for a couple hours. <laughs> Any of you listening, I know that's why you did it, and it's okay. Um, so anyway, a little car driving tip. If you need service work, and this will sound like a commercial and it's actually meant to be, this Walzer to You thing is working really, really well. Uh, you can contact us other, uh, either via chat or on the Internet or the old-fashioned way with a phone call. Uh, schedule your service appointment. Uh, people will come up, pick your car up, take it in, service it, drop it back off. And if you're working uh, in an office still, and some of us still are, you can you can have this done at your uh, at your place of employment as well. Um, and, and it's it's really proved popular. And Melissa was one of the first people that used it and said that she had a really good experience. And mm-hmm. no, I didn't grease the runway for it. <laughs> just in fact, I, I didn't want to do that because I wanted to make sure that it works. So. Uh, that's a good thing. Yeah. Yeah, it was great. They even, um, I thought it was really cool when they dropped the car back off. They left a, a little mirror tag that said all driver touch points has been, have been wiped down. Um, and that I thought is that cool. was cool. I'm glad you told me that because I didn't know that they, that was part of the process. Somebody yeah. Obviously yeah, was it was really cool. And I'm I'm sure they, you know, I'm sure they did it specifically right now because it rolled out right during the middle of this. But um, I hope they they can continue to use that because that's just ensuring, you know, people. Yeah, we've been talking about that yeah. already. I mean, so. I, for sure the sales part of it will continue. Uh, the service part probably will. We might have to make some adjustments to sure. it. It's. Uh, you know, right now anything goes. We're just uh, we're just trying to help people. When we get to the point where things get back to normal, you know, fifteen dollar oil changes to spend you know four hours worth of labor to to do a fifteen dollar that that'll probably go away. Not I don't know that we have any as low as fifteen, but some of those coupon ones. So we are looking at that really really closely as a business. And it's for me, I'd been pushing for online sales for. Eight or nine years. Uh, Walzer was the first company ever that would take uh, cash deposits on vehicles over the Internet. And we were <sighs> quite stunned how well it works. So going forward in the future, that, that I think all these things will survive. We're going to tweak them a little bit. 
we're working on a program where customers will be able to generate their own payments online or, or do all the calculations necessary because that's a big question. You know, people usually ask, well, how much is the car? But ultimately, 80% of them either finance or lease. And so it really comes down to was what does this cost yeah. me every month? And when you give that information to the customers, it just speeds up the whole process. Oh, so 20% of your sales are just... They just buy it outright? Yep. Wow, that's a surprising number. I would what, think it would be lower. Well, actually, you know, I, that's probably a little deceptive. I, I, I misspoke. That doesn't mean they're Not all cash you. purchases, but, oh, I'm glad you're back. <laughs> <laughs> but the, outside. You know, can I tell outside, you one thing before you move on? No, go ahead. Before you move on, I want you to tell me if I could have predicted this or not. I just moved four chairs, two, three footstools, a bunch of furniture, end tables, all that stuff by myself. Catherine got back and said, no, not there, and moved it all. <laughs> yeah, I could have told you that. You could have told me that. You're absolutely right. Like, Jesus. Hey, I got anyway, a, sorry, I got, go ahead. No, that's cool. Uh, we were, I was just about done. We were talking about online purchasing, and the 20% is made up also of people that uh, get financing outside the dealership, credit uh, union, so on and so okay. forth. I think the cash purchases are, especially probably on new cars, low. probably single digits. Yeah. On less expensive used cars, it, it goes up. Hey, Tom, I wanted to uh, uh, talk about something you were talking about on the morning show. I know Ellen's been getting a lot of crap for saying that. Um, yep. Staying at home jail, is yeah. like being in jail, but they they didn't quote the rest of the quote. Oh, they didn't. Yeah, so the rest of it is no one washes their hair, and everybody in here is gay. Hmm. Yeah, but she's gay. I know she that's was... I, that's what I thought was funny, and that's like exactly it's a joke for crying out loud. Seriously, I, I, that's the whole thing. This is a woman who took a huge punch about thirty years ago. She came out before just about anybody. And uh, you have a lot of damn nerve criticizing her if she tells a gay joke. I know. I think she's earned it. Yeah, I'm pretty no sure kidding. she's earned it. Okay. God, people are so touchy. People want to be touchy. People want to be offended. Oh, I was victimized by your humor. Shut up. No, it means you don't have a sense of humor. Right. <laughs> well, I mean, exactly. She is. She's cool. I love her. Everybody loves her. Yeah. I love Everybody her. Everybody does. <laughs> I actually watch her show every once in a while, usually it's about so 15 good. or 20 minutes or so. And it's, uh, and it's so different than all of the other, you know, like when Oprah had her thing. I mean, mm-hmm. she was yeah. also, she was so, like, touchy-feely all the time and yeah. then, like, giving yes. out cars like it's no big deal. But, like, Ellen is more, like, she's got humor, she's got serious, she's got... You know, well, she she's naturally funny. She's just not but, a comedian yeah, that you great. know works a routine, and and not that that's easy. But I mean, she's very quick witted. I mean, she's as good as a, a a talk show host as as you know. I don't know if she's up there with Carson, but she's close. Yeah. You know what amazes me about Oprah? What? Oprah Winfrey, right? She's oh, she's going to bring us all together. One over. She lost me the day I tuned in just see what was going on. She goes, "I wonder if white people are getting this." Really? Oh, boy. Really? You're going to say that, are you? I, I just taking license like that, you know, uh, an entire race of people just don't get it. Oh, okay. Yeah, Oprah. You know, your people didn't suffer at all from thinking like that over the past four or five hundred years. Let's just perpetuate it, shall we? I had no respect for her since that day. Yeah. I, Except for her money. Two yeah. billions per day. Well, good. you know, she and she earned it all herself. Hats off to her. She She's, did. She came from... You know, not the greatest background, had a tough childhood and yep. put her head yep. down, charged yep. forward, and made a 
crap load of money, and she's done some pretty good work with a lot of that dough, too. She has. Yeah, she has. It's just what, what I love about people these days, and I'm very, very serious about this, you learned absolutely nothing about the way treat, people were treated so horribly for the last several hundred years because you're doing the exact same thing just to a different group of people. Yeah. Yeah, it's not. What are you thinking? Ish. I don't know. I said it's ish, kind, just it's like a Minnesota. Yeah, that's right. Well, yeah, it's a national broadcast. <laughs> you might have to decode what ish means. They probably yeah, don't know. Exactly. <laughs> they don't know. I have a clue. It's I don't a kind of them. a polite way of saying shit backwards, basically. Mm, yeah. Or ick. I guess yeah. a lot of people would say ick. <clears throat> Not in Minnesota, though. Anyway, so I didn't, excuse me for interrupting, but I just I no. Just want to point I, I want you to interrupt. Right. I've, just, I've you know I've got a bunch of stories to read, but we'll, we can we can talk about anything. I, I did want to bring up something else that has nothing to do with cars. It, you were talking about it on the radio this morning. Mike Lynch from WCCO retiring after a forty-year yep. career. I actually yep. know him. We're friends is probably too strong a word, but I know him pretty well. He's bought a bunch of cars from us over the year. He's oh, a okay. really, really interesting guy. His passion is astronomy, and he sets up oh, these really? uh, stargazing parties uh, probably six or seven times a year. Now that's not my bag. I don't really understand it. I, I mm-hmm. just the, the fact that. Thousands of years ago, humans could look at the stars and figure out mm-hmm. planet movement. It just blows my mind that people are that smart because yep. I'm not. But, but I remember one time he called up and said, hey, we want to do one in the city. Could, uh, would you be okay with us using one of the dealerships at like 3.30 in the morning? I'm like, sure, why don't we use the Buick store in Bloomington? And I went down there. I said, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll come in and I'll open up the store in case somebody wants to use the bathroom, figuring there's going to be, I don't know, 15 or sure. 20 people. There were 400 people that showed up for this thing. I'm like, oh, it's a <laughs> There you go. The general manager showed up at 7 o'clock. He goes, who are all these people? I said, they're stargazers. <laughs> and they might actually buy a car. So he's a great guy. Yeah. And the last time I saw him, there's a little hole-in-the-wall Italian restaurant in Rosemont called Giuseppe's. And I think Love it used it. to be a subway. It's about the size of the studio. I mean, you're really on top of each other. And the most phenomenal, they have some secret oil concoction that you dip bread in. Yeah. Oh, God, is oh. it good. Mm. I get sent there by Sarah every once in a while. I need some Giuseppe's bread and oil. So that was the last time I saw he and his wife. So hats off to Mike Lynch. You know. Lovely guy. Um, and what a great career. 40 years at one station. No doubt. No doubt about it. Look, I've never met the guy. I never even talked to Mike Lynch, but I did. I used to love listening to him go after Cannon. I, I thought that was wonderful. <laughs> and Cannon would go after him, Mike Lunch, he called him, instead of Lynch and, you know, the whole deal. So, yeah, I, there's not enough of that in radio, by the way, where, where radio people can congratulate one another on a great achievement. Radio people are just not like that, and I don't know why. They're, radio people are nuts, let's be honest. I think anybody that's, that can't congratulate somebody for, for that sort of a thing is just right. insecure. That's all it is. And I don't know if it's yeah, radio people exactly or if right. you're just not. If you can't uh, hand out compliments to people and you're always shining the light on yourself, it's just it's what basic about insecurity. Me? I've been doing yeah, it for 36 right. years and I didn't get a medal. <laughs> that's pretty much true but yeah that's i'm, I'm really glad that you uh that, that you brought that up and mike uh, uh mike michael bryant's the one who sent the, the notice to me that he had retired i didn't know yeah i i knew something was up because we're facebook friends and he and his wife took 
I think they took six or seven weeks off, and he was in the Southwest and going to mm. all these national oh, parks. And okay. So he's probably burning PTO, knowing that he was going to retire. I'm guessing that's yep. what the scoop was. Or, 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 or I assume they had this planned out, and they said, you know, why don't you use your vacation time and enjoy it, and then we'll wrap things up when you come back. I don't know for sure, but I, I would bet that's what happened. Yeah, probably true, because now about half the people in radio are going to be furloughed. So, you know. That's a good thing. Yeah, it's, well, it's not, not a radio, good thing. It's I think businesses. it's it's terrible. I mean, it's I do you are your number? How do I ask this without sounding stupid? Um, I guess I'll just ask anyway. Do you know what your numbers are like now versus a month ago? Has listenership gone up? Um, I think the problem that you have to figure out now is, and I've actually asked the company to do this for the past six years, actually the last ten years of previous company too. Uh, you're going to have to start measuring your radio listenership online, oh, yeah. uh, Alexa, uh, Google, all of that stuff. Mm -hmm. Because if you're at home, you're not listening on the radio, you're listening online. That's how I do right? it, because I, I don't get very good reception yep. with my old uh, – I have an old Marantz uh, amplifier in my kitchen. Sarah just loves this. She says, do we really need this thing in here? I said, yes, yes, we do, honey. <laughs> but so I, I got <laughs> yes, we Brennan do. got one of those Google Home things, and he didn't want it. So yes. I just that's how I listen to the radio. And every time you say "Okay, Google," the whole thing shuts off. I'm like, "Damn it!" Tom. I know, <laughs> I know. I'm getting a lot of complaints about that. <laughs> I think it's uh, funny, Alexa. Than hell, actually, like, would you stop saying Alexa on the radio show? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm <like>, sorry. <laughs> do we got to take a break here, Andy? Yep. Now, how how many minutes are we over? Thirty seconds. God, it's perfect oh, timing. perfect. Look yep. at that timing, Hit the post. Man. We'll be right back. <laughs> All right. Tom Bernard with my buddy and CEO of North American Banking Company, Michael Bilski. Tell me, Michael, we've been talking about North American Banking Company for a few years now. One thing we've discussed is that the bank is locally owned and operated. Well, how does that benefit your customer? Tommy, projects and opportunities for expansion come up quickly for business owners. A locally owned and managed bank like North American Banking Company means decisions can be made just as quickly. We know Minnesota. We live in the communities we serve. So we have experience and firsthand knowledge for what's happening in your life where you live. That means decisions are made here. We don't ship them off or pass the buck someplace out of state. Finally, getting our customers quick answers allows them to take decisive action, and that's how business gets done. Man, Michael, you're getting good at this. Practice makes perfect. Uh, perfect? <laughs> Why not bank with my banker, North American Banking Company, a better banking experience, member FDIC, an equal housing lender. 2020 never looks so good. Tom Bernard here for Whiting Clinic LASIK and Cataract. With 2020 upon us, it's time to ditch the contacts and pitch the glasses. Take it from me. It's one of the best things you can do for yourself in the new year. I've never looked back from having LASIK myself, and with Dr. Whiting's unsurpassed experience, you can trust you're amongst the best in the business. Call 855-554-2020 or visit whitingclinic.com online to schedule your free LASIK consultation. The great people at Whiting Clinic will take fantastic care of you, just like they did for me. Call 855-554-2020 or visit whitingclinic.com online to schedule your free LASIK consultation. Imagine 2020 or better in 2020. And let 2020 be your best year yet with LASIK at Whiting Clinic. LASIK results may vary. Talk to your Whiting Clinic doctor about your individual outcome potential.
I love that. We are back. Uh, the song makes me smile. We recorded this album uh, one winter, I think it was three or four years ago. Sarah and I did all the instruments, but I did bring a friend of mine in from work who was a really, really good rock drummer. I mean, he's just kick-ass rock and roll drummer. And I said, I want to do a reggae song because everything we did was recorded in 1974. And so he goes, I can't play reggae. I don't know how to do it. I said, dude, it's easy. The downbeat's on the three and just calm down. And he finally got it. But he was so he's just a nervous person anyway. And for all the struggles he went through, I said, one, two, three, four, one, two, three, four. That's how you play reggae. That's the beat. So It's funny because when you say that, I, would, I think of just like calm down. And that's what you think of with reggae is yeah. just calm. <laughs> Be calm. No, it makes total sense. By the way, uh, Sprinthal, you've ruined my life. Again? Hmm. You and Catherine have ruined my life. I am always looking at Babylon B now. Thank you <laughs> so much for that. The, any uh, good ones lately? I haven't looked at it for a day or two. <clears throat> well, there's a good one on there right now. Uh, there's a car bumper, and it says, Christianity, not a religion, a relationship. Let go and let God. And three nails plus one cross equal four given. And then beneath that, it says, a study. 92% of Christians get all of their theology from bumper stickers. I love that. That is true. It's no different from anything, though. I mean, you know, think of how shallow the average Christian's idea of the Bible is. Think of how shallow the average person's idea of politics is. You know, people just same thing. They skim the top, and then they label themselves. That's really all there is to it. How about this one? Well, one more, and then I'll get out of the way, I promise. No, it's fine. But it's you and Catherine. There's a picture of <laughs> Bernie Sanders looking really frustrated, and it says, Bernie Sanders tests negative for president. I did see that. That's funnier than hell. <laughs> oh, God, this like. I, I see. I love these kind of. It, it's not over the. It's not like you know. F you and that sucks and that sucks. It's it's really good stuff. I love this site. The only problem with that, and I, I've seen a few of my friends on Facebook do this. They'll post stuff from there or some of the other ones, and they don't realize they that it's, it's satire. They mm. think it's true. I'm like, oh Jesus. Well, yeah. that's the majority of the world today. It's true. Not very smart. Did you see the picture on Babylon B of Bernie Sanders' three houses? Mm-mm. These houses have to be worth millions of dollars. Millions of dollars. And this guy's never worked a day in his life. You can buy Is that a, unbelievable? You, you can buy a pretty nice house in Vermont. It's not like uh, you know Martha's Vineyard. There's uh, that's really Vermont? it's affordable. Yeah. Oh. Other than up at the ski areas and stuff, hmm. it's it's a it's a fairly reasonable uh, state to live in. Interesting. I love this. There's a picture of all three of his houses, and the headline reads, Bernie Sanders drops out of race to spend more time with his many, many houses. <laughs> hey, I have a question, and maybe you guys don't know the answer. I certainly don't. Now, they never really quit. They always say the campaign is suspended. Mm-hmm. Is that right, because right. in case something happens, in this case, Biden they can reactivate the campaign because it's my understanding that when you stop your campaign, any leftover contributions have to go back to the the donors. That's federal law. But if you suspend it, does that mean you get to hold on to the money just in case until you actually kill it off? That I don't is, know. That might be the case. That is the case. Yeah, it is. Okay. 
Bernie Sanders is a scumbag. <laughs> well, he never wanted to be president. This was all about the money. All of it. Yeah, yes, you know uh, my theory that Trump never wanted to actually get elected. Either. Oh, God, <laughs> no. I don't think he, he did. definitely did want not want to be president. You're right about that. Because I remember the week leading up to it, he says, ah, the election's rigged, and, you know, it's all these foreigners are going to vote, and there's going to be investigations. <laughs> and he didn't have any transition cabinet picked out. And, and the next he day, he won. It's like, oh, crap. Whoops. And my theory is, and I know this isn't true, that he's been trying to get fired ever since. I wouldn't that, doubt that either. Now, that's a joke. Don't get all mad, all I my wonder, right-wing friends. Can you just, like, quit if you're president? Just be you like, could. I'm not yeah. being president anymore. Goodbye. I mean, why not? You could. You can quit anything. Yeah. I suppose that's true. Yeah, true. You've never had a president quit before, though, I don't think. No. Well. I don't think so. Forced to quit, maybe. Well. Yeah. For, well, yeah, getting well, fired is not the same as quitting, though. Well, but Nixon that didn't really get fired. I suppose, yeah. Well, he, 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 he would have got fired if he hadn't quit. But, yeah. Well, yeah, but he quit first. The That's only reason saying. he resigned True. was so that he didn't become the only president in history to be removed from office. Yeah. So. Right. Yes. That I suppose is that true. is true. He did resign, so, hey. Mm-hmm. He's, a, he's a really interesting guy. I mean, I grew up in the era where all the left wing just hated Nixon, and so I just assumed that everything he did was terrible. But if you look at his presidency, he mm-hmm. really did some interesting things. He was things. a good president. He was just a very paranoid. Yeah, he was kind of nuts. And, and, you know, he got yeah. handed Vietnam. But it, you know, it mm-hmm. was such a shit show that Johnson didn't want to become the president anymore. He essentially quit the presidency, you could argue. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And Nixon was the one that started the EPA, and he was the one that opened up diplomatic relationships with China. So it's... You know, to look at all these presidents and say, oh, they're just completely terrible or yeah, they're the greatest thing since canned beer is, I don't think, ever true. Well, no. Yeah, I think you're right about that. It's unfortunate. Sad but true, as they say, right? Yep. Can I read a quick story that's positive about the car business? We sure. talked about this Love this morning. So they reported the first quarter sales, which ended March 31st. General Motors posted its best first quarter full-size pickup sales in 13 years. God, isn't that wonderful? And Ram was the, last week was the only, uh, Ram is the truck brand of Chrysler, Jeep, yeah. Dodge. For, apparently, they used to be called Dodge trucks, and then about 10 years ago, they decided to rebrand them as Ram because apparently Dodge wasn't manly enough. <laughs> Mm. I don't know why they did it. But anyway, they actually uh, had year-over-year increases just last week. So what's going on there is both those manufacturers have really similar programs, 0% interest for seven years, 84 months, wow. and wow. no payments for it's either three or six months. I think one's three and the other's six. So truck sales are roaring right along, which is – I mean, it's surprising. I, I knew that they were good because I see our daily reports. And we're not selling a ton of cars. We sell about 70, 75 a day across the group. But apparently a lot of them are pickup trucks. Uh, people are really taking advantage of that. So th- there are some bright spots out there. Most of the manufacturers are planning to reopen May 4th. It's going to be really interesting both in Minnesota and nationally to see because that date's been targeted by a lot of people as when things are going to start to restart a little bit. I watched all of Walls's. Um, news conference yesterday about the new executive order and and they're going to try to allow some small businesses to open ahead of may 4th but they're going to apparently do it on a case-by-case basis not individual businesses but but groups they're going to allow landscaping companies to open up again they're going to allow 
um, golf courses. They won't be open, but they'll at least be able to take care of their facilities. Because mm. you know, if you Tom, as you know, if you let a golf course oh, greens yeah. go to seed, it's it's well. If you let a golf course really, do really what expensive. it wants for five minutes, yep. it just. So there's some good news. I know maybe I'm being a little Pollyanna-ish. This is not going to kill everybody. Life will go on, and uh, you know I don't know if the worst is is behind us yet. It's it looks like the new cases in New York are flattening out. The deaths are still climbing mm-hmm. a little bit every day, but it's uh, much as I love New York City. I read something today that made me realize I'm glad I'm not there now. Population density in Manhattan is 22,000 people per square mile. <laughs> Yeah, God. <laughs> that well, is our entire city. Yeah, in one square mile. Imagine <laughs> in that. In one square mile. That's true. Because I think we have about twenty-two to twenty-four thousand. Well, and when you think about it, that's it, time. You, you got. How long did you guys live in New York City? Um, from eighty-two to eighty-six. Okay, eighty-one so days. Four years. I mean, you know, most people, especially that live in Manhattan. And the rest of the boroughs, for the most part, don't actually own automobiles, so they're heavily yeah. reliant on public transportation. And there's, you, know, mm-hmm. you can wear all the masks you want, but you, it's hard to social distance. It's actually impossible, I would think. Oh, God, yeah. It, it's very, very difficult. And I, and I really, once again, I, I love for these politicians to just shut up. Did you see what de Blasio said today no, or yesterday? I don't like him. I don't watch him. I don't either. He's a dirtbag. He actually said, I hate to report this, but in New York City, most of the people getting hit with COVID-19 are people of color. Well, that's the city's 58%. I know. I know. If you want to know what the world is going to look like in another 100 years, go to New York City and hang out for a couple days. They're all going to be shorter, stockier, and kind of like slightly tan. I mean, there's it's just ten percent <laughs> Jewish. Really, is the <laughs> melting pot of the world. It's it's kind of cool. It is, yeah. You are correct, sir. There's no doubt about that. I, I just I don't understand what the hell is wrong with them. I, I just say, as a people of color, it's fifty eight percent black or Spanish. Yep, fifty eight percent. So. Uh, and it's probably even higher than that. So I, it, is it a surprise to you that most of the people getting hit are people of color, since that's who lives in the city? Yeah, I know. It's just I mean, it's crazy Jesus. to me. I really wish they'd stop doing that stuff. It, it's not good for anybody, is it? Well, he's basically calling a disease racist. Right. <laughs> right? That's correct. It's like, that's correct. I mean, and there are some diseases that affect certain that's races. True. I mean, there, there's – I don't know – do black people ever get MS? I think it's virtually unheard of. Yeah, it's one of those things. Mm. Yeah, MS is mostly like Scandinavian yep. descent kind of people. But a lot of black, but no white people get sickle cell anemia yep. either. That's so true. there are there are race specific mm-hmm. diseases. Celiac disease is almost all Scandinavian. Is it really? Yeah, that's why most people oh, outside of areas true, yeah. like Minnesota they don't even know what it is. Just so Tony Lee doesn't get upset, don't forget Tay Sachs. I was gonna say yeah. Nice. Tay-Sachs disease, that's, no, all, that's all, all Jewish. Jewish I don't yeah. know what that is. It's a genetic yeah. disorder. It's, a, it's kind of yep. like Down syndrome a little, but not really. It's, it causes you to be sarcastic? Yes. <laughs> yes, that's exactly what it does. God, you're a it's pain Larry, Larry David disease. <laughs> so yes, Larry David what disease. What is it? So it's like Down syndrome? In that it's a genetic disorder that kind of messes yeah. with your whole thing. Yeah. Hmm. I don't know if it yes, really indeed. causes a major deficit in intelligence, but I know it 
But it, you know, it kind of wreaks havoc on your whole system, and if you're born with it, then you're mm-hmm. not a very lucky person. Usually they're right. dead within a few years. Okay. So So it's a childhood Sadly. disease? It's a genetic disease. You're born okay. with it. Indeed. Well, he learned something. Saudi, so, yeah. Well, when you listen to the, this show, you know, it's typical that you learn many, many things. <laughs> well, I, you know, I was, I was really curious about listener numbers, and that streaming services thing does make a lot of sense. But, I mean, you know, I always listen to your show, but normally it's about an hour a day. But I mm-hmm. pretty much listen mm-hmm. to the whole thing now, and I think a lot of people are spending more time with traditional media. That's just my assumption because, it, you know, Could it, be. it's, yeah. a, it's a tie to the community, and that's what mm-hmm. everybody's missing now. So it, it yeah. would be it'd be interesting to see if that's actually borne out by the numbers. And I get it that, that it's not perfect by any stretch of the imagination. But then again, everybody gets measured by the same 33-inch yardstick, right? Right. So... Yeah, there you go. 33-inch yardstick. I like it. Yeah. Um, I Do you think... i, I got to throw something out. we got a few minutes left in this segment here. Um, I see. I thought it was a good sign when only 6.6 million more people filed for unemployment this week, mm-hmm. which was the exact same number who filed last week. I think that's a good sign that it didn't get... I thought it was going to be around 10 million people. Yeah, I... So... It's a total of what is it now? Fifteen million, something like I that. I think that's right. Yeah. So now they think that, that might be slightly underreported because of the some some of the systems are, are a little bit overloaded and people that yeah. are trying to apply can't. But you know, it's hard hard to say what it's, that number is. It's also, really. I think, going to go up this like after this week because yeah, probably now. Um, you know, with the whole stimulus package and everything, the in, independent contractors and everything can file um, mm-hmm. through a specific program for a loan, for mm-hmm. a specific type of loan. Um, that's all going to be going up because I think they can start tomorrow. Um, yep, that's right. I learned all about it, you know, today or yesterday. Well, um, and we talked about this last week this uh, uh, Paycheck Protection Program is yeah, part of the that's CARES what it Act. Is. Um, they originally funded that with $350 million, or billion dollars, mm-hmm. million, that wouldn't last at all. And we were talking on, on the podcast about how that was going to go really quickly. Well, apparently they just added another $250 billion to that yep. program. It, it does seem, there. this is anecdotal. Tom, you talked about this on the morning show, but there are some apparently fairly large, well-funded corporations that are trying to, you know, take the money and run that's oh yeah that i can't remember the name of that company but uh, they applied for federal funding so they could keep people on the payroll uh the company's worth one and a half trillion dollars that's great it's luther automotive right (laughs) yeah danny will love hearing that (laughs) david i'm kidding david i don't know david i know danny really really well though oh listen to this now dougie Okay. I got this text just now. Paul Walzer just emailed how much he appreciated your kind comments about Walzer and the community during today's Doug segment. I'm trying to remember. He never, ever misses that. No, never. I know. It's probably it's, good that he does that because I, yeah, would, I, agree. I, I, would, I would drive right through the guardrails if I, if I knew that, <laughs> if, that one of the owners of the company doesn't listen to the show. It's like, all right, I better yeah, that wouldn't be good. I better throttle her back just a little bit. 
Well, as you know, you go out in the community and everybody knows about Doug and Tom. They just, they love those things. I know. Well, it's fun. And I, and it does, I love the fact that Michael Bryan says, how long is that? Was that spot like 33 minutes? <laughs> <laughs> he always asks how long the commercials are. <laughs> He's a hell of a guy. To I miss with getting together with, with both of you guys. It's just been this, that's the worst thing yep. about this. And mm-hmm. it's, I'm glad that I'm crazy about my wife. I think she's a little less crazy about me currently, but. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. But there's going to be that. You miss your friends, you know. You miss. Uh, it's it's great to talk to them. This whole we do a weekly Zoom cocktail party with all our boating friends. That's been a smash hit. Um, but it's not the same as face to face. It's tough for everybody. Yeah, I think we got well, another a break, month. Don't we? Yes, we do. We do. You're right. We'll be right back after this exciting announcement. Tom here for Sabre Plumbing, Heating, and Air Conditioning. Right now, Sabre and Bryant are teaming up to offer 0% financing for 36 months when you buy a new Bryant furnace. This is the perfect time to replace your old furnace with a new trouble-free, energy-efficient furnace from Sabre. And when you buy Bryant equipment, you're getting one of the most trusted names in the industry. This 0% offer is available for a limited time. Call Sabre Plumbing, Heating, and Air Conditioning to find out more, and please tell them that Tom sent you. Saber and Bryant, whatever it takes. Hi, it's Tom. The CDC says cancers associated with overweight and obesity make up 40% of cancers diagnosed in the U.S. The CDC also tells us that people with heart disease, diabetes, and lung disease carry increased risk of complications from the coronavirus. We know that losing excess weight improves our health, our heart, and can reverse type 2 diabetes. Do what I did. Lose 20 to 40 pounds or more with help from my friends, Ultimate Wellness and Weight Loss, powered by Nutrimost. Become healthier before summer gets here. Ultimate makes it quick and easy. Plus, they are strong science certified for being safe and effective. To help you get healthy in this time of crisis, Ultimate is giving all clients 25% off for a limited time. Plymouth, Edina, and Woodbury. Start today by scheduling an immediate consultation. Call Ultimate Weight Loss, powered by Nutrimost. 763-333-7337, 763-333-7337, or go to ultimatewl.com. That's ultimatewl.com. Do, 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 do. I wonder if there's any of this has any of her singing on it. You'll recognize the song, I think, in a minute or two. We got about ten seconds, so I hope so. Hey kids, rock and roll, rock on, rock on. David Essex, rock on part one and two. Yep. Whatever was he a one hit wonder? Yep. That was his big... But he shouldn't have been because he was very talented. Yeah, that I was a cool tune. I would wager that 80% of people on the, you know, like, top 1,000 songs ever are one-hit wonders. Yeah, probably. That, you might be right. I got a story for you, Tom, and then and then I'm probably going to introduce you to your new least favorite person. Hmm. So here's, here's the good Perfect. story, and you guys actually read part of this on the morning show. Two insurers, Allstate and American Family Insurance, announced Monday that they'll give back about $800 million to their auto insurance customers because people are driving far less during the coronavirus. I can't even say it. Crisis. Allstate said it'll refund about 15% of premiums paid by its customers in April and May, which comes to a total of about $600 million. Now, here's the guy that you're going to hate. 
But Allstate is probably giving back only a fraction of the money it's likely to save from reduced savings insurance claims during the crisis, says Dan Carr, the CEO of ValChoice, a data analytics company that acts as a watchdog on the insurance industry. Figures reported by Allstate shows that it pays out a little more than $1 billion a month in auto insurance claims. Guys, isn't that astounding? $12 billion a year. And suggests the claims are likely to fall by 85%. Here's the quote. I think it's great what Allstate did, but where's the rest of the savings? Just shut up. <laughs> Not, yeah. Nothing's ever good what? enough. What do you mean, where are the rest of the savings? You're supposed to give all the money back? Right, apparently. Oh, God. I... I can't take it anymore. I, I knew it'd be your least favorite person. <laughs> well, that's well, kind it's of just a situation like the name where... of the game right now on social media God, is just nothing is ever good enough. You just keep nope, demanding more right. and more, and people rally behind you because yeah, we want more. I called my insurance agent. I said, hey, "You think Country Financials?" He goes, "I hope so. <laughs> I hope they do." I'm getting a lot of calls about this. So pretty smart. I, I it, just... It's a good thing. It's smart marketing, and and you know what? It's a pro, for-profit business. They're supposed to make money. That's yeah. how the, the whole economy works. And right. I think it's cool that they gave some of it back. I know, but could you give credit where credit's due? I know. It's like people don't realize that businesses are businesses. Yeah, yeah. You take things no, for granted. Right. Yeah, like you still have to make money. Yeah, the worst—I tell you, people hate the fact that car dealerships make profit. It's just, uh, you know, you see them online. <laughs> yeah. like, well, that's I wouldn't like, you know, just shut up. This is a good impression of me. Yeah. <laughs> well, not you. <laughs> you get it. You're, you own businesses, and you understand I do, works. indeed. And, you know, with all these people that will tell you what to do with your business, you lay off all those people and see how you like it. Yeah. Right. That's not fun for anybody. Mm-hmm. I no, never. I always hated firing people. I just, you know, I learned. Somebody told me uh, when I was learning how to be a manager, and I was terribly ill-equipped when I started. He said, you know, it doesn't take any management skill to fire anybody. The skill turns it comes in turning somebody around who's, you know, struggling or a problem and turn them into a, yeah. you know, a, I hate to well, use like the word that. team member, but. The only time that it's actually fun is if the person's a total a-hole and they had it coming. <laughs> it's yeah. fun. This is going to be fun to fire your ass. That's real nice. I have a friend who he worked for me for a while, and he's you know he's really a great guy. Unfortunately, he's a terrible salesman, and he's you know worked all over the country, and he's gotten fired forty or fifty times. Jeez. And I asked him, what, and it doesn't God. bother him. I said, I said, Brian, what was the what was the weirdest and the best way you ever got fired? And he goes, Well, two come to mind. I get called into the general manager's office. It was a Nissan store in Colorado, and he said, uh, you know, I really like you, but we have three Bryans here, and that's too many. It's too confusing when people page, so we're going to let you go. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Definitely the, the real reason. And the other one was <laughs> guy calls him into – GSM calls him into his office and says, Brian – I don't know how we're going to get along without you, but fi- but starting in about five minutes, we're going to find out you're done. <laughs> <laughs> that's gold. That is good. That's funny, though. It is you got to admit that's funny. And he thought it was funny, which is why he tells the story. <laughs> ah, it's happened. I have it's never been before. fired. Oh, really? Never. I'm too nice, apparently. I've been fired. Yeah, that's funny. Well, don't you have to actually have a job to get fired? Thank you very much. Great to be here. I've had lots of jobs. I've never been fired from them. Thank you very much. I have only ever quit and left. 
I've quit a few. And what I'm was the always... worst? What was the worst job you had that you quit? The worst job? Yep. <laughs> well. I don't know if I should talk about it. Yeah. <laughs> um, I. Well, you I don't worked... have to name the company. Uh, well, what kind of job lawsuit? <laughs> well, I worked for a paint company. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. And the uh, boss man wasn't too great. Oh, so it wasn't the job, it was the person. Yeah, no, the job was actually... As is so often the case. The job was actually great. Um, I enjoyed it a lot. I made a good amount of money. I had a nice, you know, retirement. Okay, and, so you yeah. quit the boss, not the quit job. Quit the boss, not the job. I quit the job once after a day. I had, I wow. took a, I think what they call it gap year. Is that what it is now when you don't go straight to college? Yes. Yeah, yeah in right, the 70s yeah, it was year. called... I'm going to go down to Arizona and smoke pot and play guitar here. <laughs> okay. So I'm down there, and I, I decided I needed a job at some point. And there was a place that used to sell – they sold purses on Channel 9 on TV. Mm. They were like Swiss Army knife purses. They did all this kind of stuff, and they were really cheap. They were like 1999. Yeah. Ambassador International was the company. So I applied for a job, got hired, and they put me on the line as a purse inspector. So when you buy something, you see inspected by number 19. Well, I was number 19. And mm. so the first four or five hours, I'm watching purses grow by, and I have to grab every sixth one and make sure. And then if it's bad, I throw it in a pile, and I'm like, oh, God, this is just brutal. So I go outside after lunch to have a cigarette, and there's this other young, long-haired ruffian says, hey, what's your name? We introduce ourselves. He goes, you want to get stoned? I'm like, sure, why not? <laughs> so if you thought the morning was boring – being stoned and examining purses on a conveyor belt, I couldn't. I, I was it. It was like I was there for years. I never. Yikes. I never came back for the second day. Tom, what was the worst job really? you ever got fired from? Um, <clears throat> the worst. You mean the job I just hated anyway? Yeah. God, I don't think I, I ever. I really never hated any of my jobs, but I will tell you this. I have an employment record that may never be topped. I, uh, starting on April 17th, which of course is one week from tomorrow, I'll be starting my 35th year on the KQ Morning Show on April 17th, a week from tomorrow. Uh, wait a minute, a week from tomorrow, yeah, yeah, a week from tomorrow. As, so as far as you good. know. But as far as I know, because I won't be on that day because of that because of that furloughing one week uh, one day a week. But okay, yeah. So, so on my thirty fourth anniversary or thirty fifth anniversary, thirty fourth anniversary, excuse me, I will not be on the show, which is a little odd. But in any case, uh, so I have worked on the KQ Morning Show for thirty four straight years. How long's the longest I ever worked on any other radio station? I'm going to guess it's less than 12 months. Yeah. Nine months. <laughs> Very good. <laughs> Isn't that amazing? Now, I did work at KSTP five different times. So when you put it all together, it was almost four years, but it was only nine months at a time. So that's kind of like the Bob Sansevier of KSTP. So they throw Bob's you out and then they'd hire KQ a new program time. director and they'd bring you back? Well, how did that work? Yep, that's exactly how it worked. <laughs> that's exactly how it worked. <laughs> So I don't know what to tell you. It's oh, God, pretty the amazing. radio business in the seventies and eighties pretty fickle. Oh, it was on, is amazing. And the, the thing about it is, you know how difficult that had because literally when I when I uh, got the hook from KSTP the first time, I had a nineteen share, and they still fired me. That's how much they loved me wow. as a person. 
So how, what did, the, what did they, handle. If, you, if you don't mind me asking, why did they say they were firing you when you had a 19 chair? For people that explain to listeners what a 19 chair is, they might not all know. A 19 chair in in the early, early days. First of all, evening radio was huge back in the 70s. I mean, you're talking about the 50s, 60s, 70s, nighttime listener. And I'm talking about overnight radio would get huge numbers because people listen to the radio 24 hours a day. There are three shifts and they listen to all during their shift, right? I remember tuning into some really cool rock station out of Little Rock, Arkansas back in the 70s in the middle of the night. Oh, yeah, it was... Um, Oh, God, what was the name of that radio station? Ble- uh, Beaker Street yeah. was on there. Beaker, Beaker or yeah. Bleaker Street, one of the two. Bleaker Street, yeah, yep. Bleaker Street, yeah, was on there. God, what was the name of that radio station? That's terrible, I can't remember. But I did find out that even if you have a, a 19 share and you're 20 years old, um, you can't tell the general manager to go fuck himself. <laughs> uh. Probably not. <laughs> So I did find out that I, I did find out I couldn't do that. So a 19 uh, chair means if there's a hundred people listening to the radio, 19 of them are listening to you, right? Yeah, that's correct. Out of like 30 radio stations, we'll never see that number ever again. Yeah. No, no, you're absolutely right. You're never going to see numbers that high again. Like, what's a good number right now? Like five? uh, Oh no, no, you can get a 10 chair, double digits. Oh yeah. Yeah, you can get 10 shares. The highest ratings we ever had on the morning show were a 30 share, which was, I mean, literally twice the second place radio show in America. Twice as many listeners. It was unbelievable. Beaker Street, by the way, was on KAAY. KAAY, there you go, baby. On AM, and then it moved to Mm -hmm. FM, which... So I must have been listening on AM back in the 70s. There's no way you get it. Uh, And and you had to listen at night because then it bounces off the... Is it the mm-hmm. ionosphere or something like that? I can never remember. I think so, was. yeah. Only AM radio can do that. Yep. Mm-hmm. Well, you're absolutely right, though. So. Uh, it's an interesting life. That's all I know. Yeah, generally you think not... some people see me as a pot stirrer, you think? <laughs> well, yes, of course they do. That's why people listen. <laughs> why, yes, Tom. <laughs> Thank you so well, much. You're not exactly Joyce Lamont, let's face it. Oh, I think everything's lovely. I think it's just magnificent. For listeners under uh, 80, Joyce was a longtime stalwart on WCCO. Uh, very pleasant. Very. Pl- I never met her, but she was very pleasant on the air. We got a listener question. Okay. Uh, right. Are you, meaning you and the rest of Walzer as a collective, worried about an incoming bailout for the car industry? Uh, Considering people are going to, you know, payments not happening for a while and... Worried about a bailout for the car industry. I don't know that it's going to be necessary in the next month or two. Um, You know, because they've come off some really pretty healthy years. Mm -hmm. And there's plenty of money out there to loan both both short and long term. And, And I'm obviously not a wizard at high finance. But all the insider stuff I'm reading, um, there's a couple of franchises that are in a little bit. Of, Nissan's going through a big reorganization the last couple of years uh, because their CEO was, you know, he got thrown in prison in Japan. It's kind of a long story. Yep. Um, so there's some, some potential credit issues there. But as an industry, industry-wide thing, I, I, it, we're not that concerned about it. The, the ones that we have to be concerned about aren't so much the manufacturers. It's the suppliers. 
So if you remember back to the recession when uh, Chrysler and General Motors had to go to Congress and Ford went along with them, and it was basically the reason that CEO of Ford went was to make sure that Chrysler and GM got the bailout money because if they had gone under and took this, they would have taken the suppliers with them. And mm-hmm. automotive manufacturers use the, the same suppliers for a lot of their stuff. That's why when the tsunami hit in 11 that the production stopped because they built very uh, esoteric parts that everybody used. So that that would be, if there's going to be an issue, it would it would start at the supply end of it, not the uh, not the manufacturer end. I think. But I think from what I'm reading, they're going to start production back up. Uh, May 4th. And it's really, you know, this feels so different than the recession because, you know, they might be flipping the light switch back on in 30 to 60 to 90 days. And if you remember back to 2009, the last time we thought the world was going to come to an end, it dragged on for really years, I think, before people kind of felt better about it again. This is just such a dramatic, dramatically quicker plunge and hopefully as quick a a return. It's going to take a while before everything gets back to complete normalcy, but I think the recovery, when it happens, will be a lot quicker than it was coming out of the recession. Hopefully that answered the question. It did answer the question. <clears throat> Tell me when we have about 30 seconds left, because I have to read you a comment on an article in the Star Tribune. It's hilarious. Well, we have we got about 30 seconds, seconds left. So. <laughs> go ahead. Here you go, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, they're talking about there. Many people are saying now that uh, that the the – the deaths and cases in Minnesota will not peak until later this summer, right? And, of course, that's not going to happen. It'll have be before that. That's from the University of Minnesota, by the way. So, Kofifi won. Mm. Kofifi. Whoops. He always disconnects like a minute before the end of the show. What the hell? How did that happen? Is their internet... Their internet is messed up, I'm telling you. Recognize their own incompetence. Hey, Tom, we, the combination could, we, of po- Tom, we lost you for about 10. We lost you right after you said Kofifi won. Yes. Oh, I'm sorry to hear That's that. That's okay. <clears throat> okay, here we go. The Dunning-Kruger effect is a type of cognitive bias in which people believe that they are smarter and more capable than they really are. Essentially, low-ability people do not possess the skills needed to recognize their own incompetence. The combination of poor self-awareness and low cognitive abilities lead them to overestimate their own capabilities. We are witnessing the Dunning-Kruger effect. <laughs> I love Kofifi One. I got a my new up. favorite. Dunning, what is it? Dunning Kruger. I've talked about Dunning Kruger on the air many times on KQRS. Well, I'm basically not seven smart enough to remember. Seventy <laughs> percent of people cannot think beyond the the age of twelve. They can't, and basically that's part of it. They they're not smart enough to know how incompetent they are. Isn't that so? And they vote for president. No, so that's I've, I've heard news, you say it? that a million times. I didn't realize that there was an actual name for it though. Oh yeah, and it's true, and it, it's a thing. It's not made up either. It's really true that people really think they're a lot better at things than they really are. Well, well I mean, you've heard singers. Oh yeah, think about like how cocky college students are about knowing everything. Right. About oh, the sophomores world. are the worst. Exactly. They think that they, <laughs> they know really everything are. because they <laughs> know they just enough to think that they know everything. Although I do want to drag this out another minute because you and I watched the same mm-hmm. thing of Jeopardy yesterday, mm-hmm. and Loved you remember it. the. Uh, final Jeopardy uh, question. So what famous American author uh, went by Nell, which was her mom's yep. name backwards? And remember when our friend Tom Ryan was in talking about meeting... Um, oh, yeah. Uh, 
the answer to the, the question. Harper Lee. Harper, Harper Lee. Lee. Yes. And he calls her Nell, and I'm like, I wonder why they call her Nell. Yep. Now I know. So Harper Lee's mom's was Ellen, and she, her nickname was her mom's name backwards. I thought that was cool. Huh. You know what's great about that? Hmm. Is her name was Nell Lee. Yeah. <laughs> That great Nelly, just call me Nelly. That's good enough. Now Harper Lee, what a brilliant writer! Yep. My God, what a great writer! All right, pallies, we will talk to you later. Yeah, that be wraps up another after the morning, Joe. Exciting yeah. episode of Car Selling Secrets. Tune in next week. Charlie Swenson will be in the studio. That'll be really fun. We're getting the band back together. Charlie's never been on this before, but I said I need your help, and he's like, okay. So that'll be fun. I'll be back in studio with you next week, too, Pally. Yay! Andy, have you talked to Connor? Yes. And is he coming in right now? Uh, Tomorrow. Oh, he's coming in tomorrow? Mm Mm-hmm. Why is he coming in tomorrow? I told him to come in today. I don't know. All right, well, you guys got it all lined up anyway? Yep. All right, because I'm going to be doing, and I already announced this on the KQ Morning Show, I'm going to be doing the morning show from the podcast studio because I'm not allowed in the building because even though uh, they would consider me to be an essential employee, it goes to that next level where it's like you can't be around other people. Hmm. So apparently apparently I'm a pretty big dealer out. (laughs) I get a good laugh out of that. Okay, Kofefi1. Kofefi1, we'll talk to you later.